Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.
asking it, waiting for the Ishman data. We're going to hear some of the instructions of the Ishman data. Because he's a Mahajan. actually inconsolable. 
the course of Krishna's Maya, he wouldn't, he couldn't actually receive instruction from Krishna. So Krishna said, we're going to go here for Vishwadev, because he wanted Vishwadev to be in the spotlight at this time. So the sons of Pandu came to see Vishwadev, who greeted them. sufferings the Pandas endured. And in text 14, it says, Sarvam kavatam manye bhavatam chayatapatapriyam spalo yadvashe loko vayodiva knavadeh. In my opinion, this is all due to inevitable time. Under whose influence, under whose control, everyone and every planet is carried just as the clouds are carried by the wind. Text 15, oh how wonderful is the influence of inevitable time, it is irreversible. Otherwise, how can there be reverses in the presence of King Yudhishthira, the son of the demigod controlling religion? Bhima, the great fighter with a club, the great Roman Arjuna with his mighty weapon Gandiva, and above all the Lord, the direct well-wisher of the Pandavas. Shilapapa's purport, as far as the material or spiritual resources were required, there was no scarcity in the case of the Pandavas. Materially, they were well equipped because two great warriors named Bhima and Arjuna were there. Spiritually, the king himself was a symbol of religion, and above all of them, the personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna, was personally concerned with their affairs as the well-wisher. And yet, there were so many reverses on the side of the Pandavas. Despite the power of highest acts, the power of personalities, the power of expert management, and the power of weapons under the direct supervision of Lord Krishna, Pandavas suffered so many practical reverses, which can only be explained as due to the influence of Kala, inevitable time. Kala is identical with the Lord himself, and therefore the influence of Kala indicates the inexplicable wish of the Lord himself. There is nothing to be lamented when a matter is beyond the control of any human being. So, Bhishmane was witness to some amazing events in his lifetime. And he's specifically commenting here about how the Pandavas, whose parentage he knew, I mean, Yudhishthira Maharaj, he's referred to here as the son of the demigod controlling religion because his father was Yamaraj, another Mahajan. And he glorifies other Pandavas. And he points out that they're all devotees of Krishna, who literally is right there. Krishna was their direct associate for their entire life. And yet their lives were full of upheaval and suffering. And Bhishmadeva, although he was officially on the other side, the other army, was always a devotee of Krishna and was always a well-wisher of the Pandavas. And he's remarking here how odd, odd's not even the right word, astonishing it was that all these things happened in the presence of Krishna. And he's demonstrated the heart of a devotee, which is that, one, he's full of knowledge, he knows who the Supreme Personality of Godhead is. He knows who the devotees are, and he knows the power of devotional service. The devotees are not ignorant, they're not sentimental. But, at the same time, he knows that he doesn't know. He doesn't have an answer for why these things happen. Prabhupada explains it as the inexplicable wish of the Lord himself. He knows it's Kala. This is Krishna. Krishna wants this. Under the inevitable force of time, these things have happened and are continuing to happen but I can't understand why. 
That's actually the part of a devotee. The non-devotional perspective is that I can understand why, and I'm going to figure it out through my own strength. And from that you have the empirical method, the ascending process, arolabhanta. But the devotee doesn't accept that. They don't accept that as the appropriate means to actually attain absolute truth. It is a means to obtain truth. Devotees don't throw away the arolabhanta, because if they did, that would be like saying, well, I can cross this busy street without looking to see if there are cars coming because, after all, what good are my senses anyway? But it's imperfect knowledge. That kind of, uh, that kind of uh, epistemology doesn't actually help you to understand God. And the devotee knows that. The more advanced they are, the more they know that. So Bhishma has understood that this is actually Krishna at work and his will is inscrutable. So he surrenders to that. That's the function of the devotee. He surrenders to it. But he's, he's astonished by it, too. The activities of the, of the Lord are astonishing. Kruti Maharani, in the very previous chapter, actually has the same kind of feeling that it's astonishing to me. I'm bewildered, Krishna, that your Dhamadhar Lila is full of these activities of you running around like a child. You are a child, but you're like a regular child. You're actually afraid of your mother. This bewilders me because she's not unaware of tattva. She knows he's not a regular child. And yet, the lila is what it is. And those two things together are akuta. They're actually astonishing. And Vishwanath Chakrari Thakur talks about this in some places that uh, we're meant to approach the platform of rasa, but we go to the platform of tattva. We don't, that's the difference between devotees and sahajyas. Sahajyas, they don't actually understand tattva. They don't understand what it means that Krishna's body is spiritual, that the gopis are all spiritual, that what they do together is spiritual and has nothing to do with matter. Therefore, by default, they impose a material conception on everything about Krishna. That's the problem. Kunti, Bhishmadev, pure devotees, they have no such problem. They know very well what matter is and what spirit is. And yet, the completely perfect Supreme Personality of Godhead is being chased by his mother and he's actually experiencing that's something. That actually, according to Vishwanath, creates rasa. There's rasa. So, Vishwanath uh, here, being astonished at these activities of Krishna, is actually not maya. It's not confusion and bewilderment. It's yogamaya. It's actually a function of his bhava. He's amazed at Krishna, as much as Lord Shiva was amazed at the power of Krishna to attract him, although he's completely free of the attraction to maya, because he's married to maya when he actually asks to be, to witness the Mohini Murti. These are the very deep activities of the devotee in relationship with Krishna. He continues, okay, no one can know the plan of the Lord, Sri Krishna. Even though great philosophers inquire exhaustively, they are bewildered. O best among the descendants of Bharata, Yudhishthir, I maintain therefore that this is all the plan, within the plan of the Lord. Accepting the inconceivable plan of the Lord, you must follow it. You are now the appointed administrative head. And my Lord, you should now take care of those subjects who are now rendered helpless. So, Yudhishthir had done his dharma. He had always did his dharma. That's what he was characterized by. He was unflinching in doing the right thing. And the right thing was the sentimental consideration. He knew Shastra. He knew Krishna's desire. He did it. 
The battle was Krishna's desire, and yet he was horrified. He was bloody. And Yudhishthira was deeply disturbed afterwards. But Bhishmadeva is agreeing, yes, this, this entire thing is bewildering, but you always acted according to Dharma. Therefore, you are in the right position. Accepting the inconceivable plan of the Lord, you must follow it. And the plan of the Lord is revealed by Dharma, and Dharma comes from Mahajanayana Kasapanta, ultimately comes from the pure devotees, and it comes from Shastra, which, as in our case, is being presented by a pure devotee. So he's consoling Yudhishthira. Continues, this Sri Krishna is no other than the inconceivable, original personality of Godhead. He is the first Narayana, the supreme enjoyer, but he is moving amongst the descendants of King Vrishni, just like one of us, and he is bewildering us with this self-created energy. This is basic Sampanujana. The first Narayana is talking about the Purusha avatars, he's talking about Narayana, the spiritual sky, Prabhupada talks about this in the purport. He's summarizing actually the, the principle of Vishnu Tattva. For Yudhishthira, who really knows this, but is momentarily forgetful because this is the Lila, he actually has to be reminded by, by Vishnudev so that we can all hear this amazing set of realizations from Vishnudev. Okay, he continues. Lord Shiva, Narada, the sage among the demigods, and Kapila, the incarnation of Godhead, all know very confidentially about his glories through direct contact. Here he names three other Mahajans and how they all know about the Lord. Again, this is the principle of epistemology. Shastra reveals about all these things, but the pure devotee actually makes these things accessible. The pure devotee actually distributes this. Narada is always distributing knowledge about Krishna. And Vishmadev as well. So he's reminding, Vishnu is reminding Yudhishthira, not only is this what I'm saying, this is what the Mahajans have said, all of them, that Krishna is the Supreme Person. That has direct bearing because you've been in obedience to him. So you have nothing to lament. Okay, that personality whom out of ignorance only you thought to be your maternal cousin, your very dear friend, well-wisher, counselor, messenger, benefactor, etc is that very personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Being the absolute personality of Godhead, he is present in everyone's heart. He is equally kind to everyone, and he is free from the false ego of differentiation. Therefore, whatever he does is free from material impropriety. He is equibalanced. he's focusing here, Vishwadeva is, on the absolute nature of Krishna. Because he's present in everyone's heart, not just some people's heart. Some conceptions of religion include the chosen, chosen people, and other people are simply not the chosen people. And the chosen people are defined by their genetics. This is a material conception. He's equally kind to everyone. He's free from the false ego of differentiation. Therefore, whatever he does is free from material impropriety. He doesn't hold the grudge, in other words. He's equal balance, he says. So the activities that are according to his will are actually good for everybody. And we understand that. What actually happened in the Battle of Kurukshetra was great violence. 
and even Yudhishthira was shaken by him. A hardened warrior, a pure devotee, in the presence of Krishna himself, he was shaken by it. Um, so the events of our lives, even as we're practicing pure devotional service, can be confusing. But we understand that the battle of Kukshetra was good for everybody, even the millions who died on the other side. And there is good talent behind that, but that doesn't mean that as we go through our lives, we're going to be able to remember that right away. Arjuna has a similar experience later in this canto, just a few chapters later. When Krishna leaves the planet, he falls into lamentation, but he remembers again the instructions from Krishna that he heard himself before the battle that composed the Bhagavad Gita. And that remembrance actually pacifies him and restores his intelligence. It lets him put everything back into context. Yet, despite his being equally kind to everyone, he has graciously come before me while I'm ending my life, for I am his unflinching servitor. Vishnadev knows that the root of what's happening in this Lila is actually his relationship with Krishna. That's why Krishna's in front of him. Because Vishnadev deeply desired that, and Krishna causelessly is responding to that desire. personality of God who appears in the mind of the devotee by attentive devotion and meditation and by chanting the holy name releases the devotee from the bondage of fruitive activities at the time of his quitting the material body. This is very strong pramana for Kirtan, by the way. In the word for word, we have by words and by Kirtan of his name. Actually, Bishmanid is directly saying, by his words and words about him, and by kirtan of his name, one gets freed from karma, kama and karma, desire and fruit of activities, time of death. This is what our whole life is about. This is why we're called the Hare Krishnas. Because we're always chanting Krishna's name. Because it's the smartest thing you can do. Bishmanid is here on his deathbed, and he's telling us the right way to die by taking shelter of the holy name. So this verse 1923, excellent Pramana, anybody who asks you. Well, Bhagavad Gita kind of talks about the time of death. You can think of Krishna, but where is it in the Bhagavatam? It's right here. First cancer. Bhishmadev Mahajan says it himself. Crystal clear. Now, interesting poetic device. Uh, Bhishmadev actually speaks in a different meter. When you see this in the Bhagavatam, when there's a, cha a change in meter, it often indicates a change in mood. There's um, Lila being played out here. He's speaking Tattva. First he's talking about what's going on, who Krishna is, what the nature of devotional service is. Now, in verse 24, he starts to actually enter his own prayers, his personal prayers to Krishna. He says, May my Lord, who is four-handed and whose beautifully decorated lotus face with eyes as red as the rising sun, is smiling, Kindly await me at that moment when I quit this material body. Now, Maharaj Yudhishthir asks him a question. Sutra Swami said, Maharaj Yudhishthir, after hearing Vishnadev speak in that appealing tone, asked him, in the presence of all the great rishis, about the essential principles of various religious duties. This is what's found in the Mahabharata. 
but condensed here for us to give us the essence. At Maharaji Vishnu's inquiry, Bhishma first defined all the classifications of castes and orders of life in terms of individuals and qualifications. Then he systematically, in twofold divisions, described counteraction by detachment and interaction by attachment. This is quite extensive. I'm getting a summary of what he talked about. So, detachment by attachment means nivriti mark, perverti mark, to actually act in a way to be detached from sense gratification and ultimately attached to Krishna, or to act in a way to actually decrease your material comfort in the world. These are two philosophically opposed ways of living. He then explained by divisions, acts of charity, the pragmatic activities of the king, and activities for salvation. Then he described the duties of women and devotees, both briefly and extensively. And these purports are quite, I mean, they're not nearly as extensive as in Mahabharata, but Prabhupada has given us the essence in some rather long purports, which could make like a, a bit of a workshop, actually. So those who want to know more about these things, duties of women, duties of devotees, acts of charity, what are the activities of the king, what is moksha karma, the activities for salvation, can refer to these purports here, 26 and 27. Text 28, then he described the occupational duties of different orders and statuses of life, citing instances from history where he was himself well acquainted with the truth. While Bhishmadeva was describing occupational duties, the sun's course ran into the northern hemisphere. This period is desired by mystics who die at their will. Um, this is actually an astrological period known as Makara Sankranti. It's quite auspicious. It takes place in January. Um, so Bhishmadeva, he actually was pinned to the ground in December during the Battle of Kurukshetra, and he left his body on Makara Sankranti. We can actually date how long he was lying there for. But this is a very auspicious time. The sun actually enters into its northern or cloud root. Um, it's mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita chapter 8 as being very auspicious. If you have to leave your body this time, that is materially good for you. But devotees don't worry about these things. But by Krishna's arrangement, that's when Bhishma is going to leave his body. Because that's when Krishna is there. And Bhishma is not going to leave until Krishna is there. So Krishna is actually creating a stage for his devotee to get glorified. That just see the glories of my devotee, they leave in such an auspicious time. That the devotee I can think of who left their body on that day is Chaitanya uh, Krishna Prabhu, Mother Nidra's husband, after a battle with the illness. That was also very auspicious. Text 30. Thereupon, that man who spoke on different subjects with thousands of meanings, and who fought on thousands of battlefields, thousands, affected thousands of men, stopped speaking and being completely free from all bondage, withdrew his mind from everything else, and fixed his wide open eyes upon the original personality of God, Sri Krishna, who stood before him, four handed dressed in yellow garments that glittered and shined. And the purport, Srila Prabhupada actually just 
gives us a translation for Bible and get 8 5 to 8 15, the science of leaving your body. Because that's exactly what's happening here through the new revelation, right? Text 31. By pure meditation, looking at Lord Sri Krishna, he was at once freed from all material inauspiciousness, and he was relieved of all bodily pains caused by the arrow wounds. Thus all the external activities of his senses at once stopped, and he prayed transcendentally to the controller of all living beings while quitting his material body. Yishudev said, let me now invest my thinking, feeling, and willing, which was so long engaged in different subjects and occupational duties in the all-powerful Lord Sri Krishna. He is always self-satisfied, but sometimes, being the leader of the devotees, he enjoys transcendental pleasure by descending on the material world, although from him only the material world is created. He's showing that this is what you do at the time of death. The cumulative function of all of our consciousness in Krishna consciousness is to be Krishna conscious of death. Text 33, Sri Krishna is the intimate friend of Arjuna. He has appeared on this earth in his transcendental body, which resembles the bluish color of the tamala tree. His body attracts everyone in the three planetary systems, upper, middle, and lower. May his glittering yellow dress and his lotus face, covered with paintings of sandalwood pulp, be the object of my attention, and may I not desire further results. On the battlefield where Sri Krishna attended Arjuna out of friendship, the flowing hair of Lord Krishna turned ashen due to the dust raised by the host on the horses. And because of his labor, beads of sweat wetted his face. All these decorations intensified by the wounds dealt by my sharp arrows were enjoyed by him. Let my mind thus go unto Sri Krishna. In obedience to the command of his friend, Lord Sri Krishna entered the arena of the battlefield of Kurukshetra between the soldiers of Arjuna and Duryodhana. And while there, he shortened the lifespans of the opposing party by his merciful glance. This was done simply by his looking at the enemy. Let my mind be fixed upon that Krishna. When Arjuna was seemingly moved by ignorance upon observing the soldiers and commanders before him on the battlefield, the Lord eradicated his ignorance by delivering transcendental knowledge. May his lotus feet always remain the object of my attraction. Fulfilling my desire, and sacrificing his own promise, he got down from the chariot, took up his wheel, and ran toward me hurriedly, just as a lion goes to kill an elephant, even dropped his outer garment on the way. He, Vishwadev had made a, a promise that he was going to kill Arjuna on that day. And he fought with uh, a strength that nobody could match. Vishwadev was, was the elderly grandfather, but he was also incredibly qualified as a Kshatriya, and he uh, was going to kill Arjuna, but Krishna had made a promise. When he gave himself as the charioteer to Arjuna, he gave the promise that he himself would not fight. Because Duryodhana received the armies of Krishna, and Arjuna received Krishna himself, which means Krishna would give instruction and would guide his chariot, but he promised not to fight personally. Bhishma said, Krishna's going to have to break his promise. Because I promise I'm going to kill Arjuna today. And if Krishna doesn't step in and stop it, he's going to see Arjuna die. And Krishna broke his promise. Of course, he technically didn't because he was about to attack Bhishma, but the sun set, so the battle was over for the day. But actually, he did. He did. 
because he's willing, as Prabhupada points out, to actually break his own promise to show the superiority of the devotee. That's his nature. Prabhupada says, at that time, Lord Krishna wanted to please his devotee Bhishma by keeping Bhishma's promise, which was more important than his own. More important than his own. Bhishma is recollecting this because he's recollecting that quality of Krishna, that he's Bhaktivasala, that he's subservient to his devotee. May he, Lord Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead, who rewards salvation in my ultimate destination. On the battlefield, he charged me as if angry because of the wounds dealt by my sharp arrows. His shield was scattered and his body was smeared with blood due to the wounds. At the moment of death, let my ultimate attraction be to Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead. I concentrate my mind upon the chariot driver of Arjuna, who stood with a whip in his right hand and a bridle rope in his left, who was very careful to give protection to Arjuna's chariot by all means. Those who saw him on the battlefield of Kurukshetra attained their original forms after death. So, after talking Tattva, Bhishmadeva is focusing here on the, the, the pastimes of the Lord. He's actually very specifically recollecting what Krishna looked like. And he's recollecting his personal qualities. He's saying he was very careful to give protection to Arjuna's chariot by all means. Although he's the independent personality of Godhead. So Bhishmadeva, he's showing here that Tattva leads to Rasa. It's, as Vishnu points out, it's astonishing that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is independent, who is completely neutral, be very careful to protect Arjuna's chariot by all means. There's rasa in that. It's astonishing that the Personality of Godhead, who is himself the indifferent source of Maya, who's completely unaffected by her, has a form in this world when he comes. And therefore his form is very relevant for us. And it's a, a, a focus of who's carrying the whip in his right hand for the horses and a bridle in his left. He knows these little details. Love is in the details. Love is in the details. Let my mind, he says, be fixed upon Lord Sri Krishna, whose motions and smiles of love attracted the damsels of Rajadham, <coughs> the gopis. The damsels imitated the characteristic movements of the Lord after his disappearance from the Rasa dance. So we see the exalted position of the Madhuri Rasa of Krishna, that he's actually, this remembrance comes on Vishnadeva at the time of his death. This is such a glorious Lila uh, of Krishna's. Again, it's built on tattva, it's not approached by speculation, and it's built upon by a lifetime of realization and practice. That's what he's building on to actually have this darshan in his mind. At the Rajasui Yogya sacrifice performed by Maharaj Yudhishthir, there was the greatest assembly of all the elite men in the world, the royal and learned orders. And in that great assembly, Lord Sri Krishna was worshipped by one and all as the most exalted personality of Godhead. This happened during my presence, and I remember the incident in order to keep my mind upon the Lord. Now I can meditate with full concentration upon that one Lord, Sri Krishna, now present before me, 
because now I have transcended the misconceptions of duality in regard to his presence in everyone's heart, even in the hearts of the mental speculators. He is in everyone's heart. The sun may be perceived differently, but the sun is one. The Sahajiyas, they don't actually appreciate Bhagavad Gita, but Bhishmadev does, and all Puritans do, because as he's pointing out, this is the same Krishna. This is the same Krishna on the battlefield in front of me, who helped Arjuna in the battle just a few days ago, who grew up with the Pandavas, who was a child at Vrindavan Dham, who danced with the gopis. This is the same absolute person. Therefore, he doesn't shun the Bhagavatam, or Bhagavad Gita, to favor another Lila. There was, we, we hear, you know, actually, like, you look at Jayadeva Goswami. Jayadeva Goswami, in his Rasa Shastra, discussing Krishna Lila, actually prefaces it with the Dashavatar Sotra, the, the presentation of this tattva of how Krishna appears as Kesha Vrita, Kurma Sharira, the turtle, and Narahari Rupa, and what they did, and with whom. And he sings about it. That's his invocation to glorifying Madhuri Rasa. There was a printing of a new translation of that book uh, a few years ago by um, devotees of some line uh, situated in Radhakund, and they did not include that Dashavatar Stotra. And a senior devotee pointed this out, that this is, this is the function of Sahaja mentality, because they considered it inappropriate to mix the, this discussion of these different incarnations with you know, Radha, Krishna, and Rosa Vrindavan. But Jayadeva Goswami didn't think it was inappropriate. He took shelter of the Dashavatar before he approached Radha and Krishna. But somebody who's impetuous, fools rush in or angels fear to tread, I won't include that in my translation because I'm only interested in Radha Krishna. I'm not interested in these lower things. That's nonsense. That's utter nonsense. And Bhishmadev, of course, he shows us the right path. Sudha Goswami said, Thus Bhishmadev merged himself in the super soul, Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, with his mind, speech, sight, and actions. And thus he became silent and his breathing stopped. So, that's a summary. Each one of those verses and prayers Prabhupada comments on and can be commented on again and again. There's unlimited things there. The Mahabharata expands it into chapters and chapters. And uh, we can expand it ourselves by just talking about it and remembering it. All of these instructions culminate in remembering Krishna and being a devotee of his. And knowing clearly who he is as the Supreme Personality of God. So, by accepting these lessons on our head and following Vishnu's footsteps, we'll, we'll just remember him and seek his blessings in our devotional practice today and, uh, and every day, hopefully. And we'll have that, that mercy, just like he quoted at the beginning, that I'm saying what, what Narada Muni said and Shiva and Kapuradev. So we're also saying what they said and we're saying what Vishnu said. And these lotus feet on our head, these, these uh, collections of pure devotees, they protect us. So now we'll take any reflections, comments, questions before we end.
So lots of devotees tuning in. No questions or comments right now. Um, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we'll just continue with our devotional practice last day of, of uh, Kartik month. Offer our Kiwiks. And then tomorrow is Kagayi Rata. The devotional service doesn't stop. There's more opportunity for service. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Sri Dev Ki Jai. Hare Krishna.